everyone, welcome back to the show. This is John Clark, helping you build a better business without all the overwhelm. Really excited to introduce my guest for today. It's Stephanie Claremont. Um, she's a mom of three and the founder of The Leverage Practice. Um, she uh, helps health practitioners to leverage their one-to-one expertise and offer online group programs to their practice, um, adding it to their current practice to expand uh, to new clients. And I'm really excited to have Stephanie today. Thanks. Uh, Again, for being here, Stephanie, um, maybe expanding on the intro a little bit, um, what else should people know about you and maybe a little bit about your story as to how you got here to doing this work? Yeah, thank you so much for having me and thank you everyone for listening in. I hope that I can provide some value today if you have a private practice and you're kind of been seeing the online programs out there, courses, should you do something like that? I'd be happy to answer any questions and just share a little with you today, which is our goal. I myself was a registered dietitian for 12 years. So I went through, got my master's degree, trained, saw clients one-to-one and very quickly knew I wanted to do something a little different. Um, So within my first two years, I started a private practice. Brick and mortar office, you know, saw people for digestive health, Uh, specifically. And I found myself honestly repeating myself every day. And I kind of found it really irritating. (laughs) Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, So I I found I found myself in private practice, love my clients, love what I did, but I maxed out at about three days a week. So for me, private practice felt like three days a week was enough client time for me. And then I, I found myself kind of getting that energy sucked out of me and that was enough people time. Plus I found myself repeating myself all the time. So I started to develop other kinds of trainings for health professionals actually in uh, 2012. And I went in person around the country uh, teaching workshops for other health professionals on uh, teaching cooking actually. (laughs) And then I brought it online the next year because I couldn't get to all the cities and I couldn't get to the US and I couldn't get everywhere. So my first online program came in 2013 and it was so fun and amazing. And since then I developed more professional development online digital programs. And then I moved my entire brick and mortar online and ran Graham group programs since 2013, exclusively since 2015, and even built out a corporate wellness program that I partnered with a corporate wellness company to sell to businesses. So it's been a a really fun journey. And I've been running the leverage practice for three years under this name and five years under a different name, just repackaged everything and working with my peers. So dietitians, therapists, psychologists, uh, physiotherapy, naturopathic medicine, nurses to help them really leverage all those things that you repeat in your practice every day and just make the education component easier and more convenient and digital. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot of overlap in terms of therapists finding themselves saying the same five or six things 40 times a week, hopefully not 40. That's, that would be a lot of clients, but um, (laughs) for a therapist, maybe it's 20 or 25 at hopefully at most. Um, The other piece I think that's kind of interesting about your, story is that you kind of took things online um i want to say early (laughs) you know and what's been interesting is with the way the world's changed the past few years it's accelerated a lot of practitioners to moving swiftly online with um generally at least with their caseloads and yet a lot of them are also still thinking about how do i go beyond this one-to-one you know scaling my skills and knowledge in a way that's not necessarily group practice you know hiring more therapists to join my practice so it sounds like your program really helps um solve that problem 
Yeah, absolutely. And when in 2013, when I brought that first professional development program online, I, I was the second like professional development program online in Canada. I am up in Canada for all of you that okay. are in other places. The second one, like even our national body had no online programs. <laughs> it was crazy. And then when I launched my digestive program, so I took that brick and mortar and launched the digestive program. It was the first one in the in the world that was teaching FODMAPs for people with IBS. It was, it was wild. Mm -hmm. So back then it was really more of a challenge to not convince, but like show people the value in showing up online. And it was super fun. I love being first to market. That's always fun. And now, you know, it's much easier because everyone had to shift online. So we really want to encourage more people to leverage their expertise and the digital tools that are available in this time in the world where people are on YouTube, they're Googling, they're watching Instagram videos, like they are learning online, whether it's with you or with someone else, they may be leaving your practice kind of forgetting some of the things you said and then like, you know, Google searching and watching videos on more stuff. So there's a couple different ways to get your education online and really help empower yeah. your clients, and improve your practice. When you walk people through this process of, of creating an online program, uh, where do you start? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. And that's like the number one question. We did a reel on it today. Like, where do I start with all of it? So it depends on the practitioner you are and the type of practice you run. So if you see people with a variety of areas, you want to tighten up what your program will be about. So if you're someone that sees, let's just say like relationship and you work with kids and families and couples, then you want to pick one of those areas and tighten up where the market, where people really need a program to come out and support them. And, and so how we do you usually, identify by that need or identify yeah, that so there's actually usually, a need in the market? Sorry. So yeah, so we usually encourage people to validate their ideas. So the first thing is to look at your own roster of patients and clients and see what that number one thing is that you're seeing, even in your local demographic, but that you're seeing people are drawn to you for. So what are people asking you the most for? What 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 um, appointments are being booked the most? What services are being used the most? Mm. First, start with yourself. Then you can go online and start looking at what's available. So what programs exist in the areas that you enjoy? Is there a lot of them? Is there only a little bit of them? Are there a lot of, let's say, like short six week, you know, kind of boot camp style courses and what your clients need is really something longer that can support them for six months to really make that change. So starting to look at what's out there in the market in your area. It is a good sign if there's other people running programs in your area, it shows there's mm -hmm. a need demand that's always good it's we have to let go of that yeah, competition people usually have the opposite reaction right someone's already done it and therefore i should not try absolutely and i that's why i wanted to say that is because sometimes we see that and we're like i oh, better give up now and there are millions of people that need your help I, I love that example if you've ever heard it of you know if there was one bakery on one corner in the entire world how would we all have bread like it makes no sense so mm -hmm. So that's a really good sign. And then looking out there, I like to recommend to our clients, you know, look for Facebook groups and see if people are having conversations and concerns about their issue in community. Follow some people on Instagram and, and see what the conversations are like there and what the demand is for that. So those are some areas to kind of look out there. But for most of our practitioners, they have a practice. So you're starting close to home. Right? You're looking at your own books, your own client roster, your own demand, um, and seeing how you can build a program for your own practice. And there's a couple different models that you can actually include. 
So where to start is definitely to see what the need is and where you want to focus in. And then we pick the model that works for you. Very cool. And so one thing is understanding um, demand in the market. Let's say, for instance, therapy or someone says, I have trauma and therefore I want therapy for my trauma. And that is most commonly in the form of one to one. How do you extrapolate a demand like that to saying, um, you know, teaching people about trauma or helping people with trauma is going to help in a online program format or a course or a membership site? Yeah. And it's such a, like, it's such a huge need right now in the world. So I'm, I'm so happy to have this conversation. I work with um, a handful of people in my program right now that are doing um, eating disorders and eating disorders is very personal work. And so because we designed a couple of different models, depending on your practice, you may build a group program that is what we call a high touch hybrid program. And that type of hybrid program will bring in some one-to-one custom work. So it could be a bi-weekly session or a monthly session where you still get to sit down with that person. But it also blends with a group environment and learning and connecting in community can be so healing, as well as that education portion that you're repeating, those exercises you give people or those practices or that little bit of teaching that you do in online digital coursework. So that when you tell someone, hey, go watch this video or this module, they can then go back to it. Like I'm I'm a huge fan of just health in general, but of therapy. I'm like a super fan of therapy. And I there are so many times when I've left and like, what what was I supposed to remember? I didn't write it down. And what was that technique or breathing or like whatever it is? And so it allows your people to go back to the education, to the resources, to the exercises that you're teaching them, to the activities, which is really lovely, and blend the community and then bring in the one-to-one. So that's one model. And like I said, with our with our eating disorder work clients um, and with some of our therapy clients, they're either building that hybrid, high-touch hybrid one-to-one model, or they're building something that we call a small group cohort model. So no one-to-one in that model, but there's a maximum number of participants. So generally between five and eight, maybe up to 10. And this allows a small group environment, an hour-long session once a week, where everyone gets an opportunity in a facilitated conversation to share what they're going through, to go through the exercises and to work together. So sometimes that model can work really well. And then in some practices, you still have you know, those one-to-one clients that are, you know, you need to have one-to-one over here, and then you can have other types of clients in group settings. So for some of us, there's two different groups of clients, but it allows you to minimize or yeah, minimize really your one-to-one. So you're not burning out. You're not exhausted by the end of the week. You take a certain, you know, two days of clients one-to-one, and then a couple of days you're running your group program as well for that different demographic. Does that, did I explain that? Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great model. And there's no doubt that therapists in particular had a higher risk of burnout than ever before. And the demand for therapy is not going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, it's going to keep going up. We're on the verge of what's, what will most likely be a major supply and demand issue where statistically there's not enough therapists graduating to meet the demand of, for, of therapy. Um, So it's, it's an interesting time to look at how unscalable our therapy practices are um, and how having just one offering is, is quite limited. Um, it, it's also interesting because uh, one way to think about it is kind of having a um, um, multiple steps on a value ladder or whatever you want to call it within 
a business. And so maybe they enter your practice through one-to-one and then maybe they move up or down into a group model, or maybe they come in to your practice in an intensive model. You know, I've had some consulting clients have good success with that, whether it's with EMDR or um, couples therapy coming in for a high ticket kind of intensive model. And then maybe they step down into, you know, a, a recurring group model or something like that. So I, I think it's really interesting to think about the different ways we can, um, uh, serve our clients in a way that is better leveraged and also gives them options in, t- in terms of what makes the most sense for them. Some people do want to get in and have that kind of intensive work. Um, they feel like that weekly therapy just isn't enough. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, we at the leverage practice believe that all practices would benefit from a, a maintenance membership model. So that's what you're referring to in that recurring kind of revenue style model. And I found this when I did my brick and mortar practice that after people worked with me for about three to four months as a dietitian at IBS, they didn't need me as often, but they would have benefited from, you know, checking in or getting additional resources. And so that's when I started realizing that memberships could be really valuable to health practitioners and to our clients and patients. And so what you're describing is that like intensive come in, do that foundational work, and then you still need something, but it's not that. And often our clients just leave, like they're done. Whereas most practices, I would argue almost all of them could build out this maintenance membership style model where then they move down into a program that you develop that is ongoing for as long as they want it or need it. It's a little less of you for as a practitioner. It's easier to manage. You can fill it up and keep supporting people and it makes great business sense as well. And for your people, it's not just like done. See you later. Never talk to you again. Like, you know, cold turkey. It's like continuity that has that keep the change kind of support system that can be so beautiful. And I love that you talked about um, this uh, product kind of portfolio idea of as service providers. Like when I started my brick and mortar, I had one, like one product, right? I had one-to-one and it was a certain three-month package or whatever it was. And that's not really makes, that doesn't make good business sense. If you look at businesses, they have multiple SKUs or multiple offerings. And so it allows, it allows you to serve more people with a different offer. So I love that you brought that up because I think that's also makes good business sense. Let's see if we can get into a few questions here. So for those of you watching live on YouTube, you're in luck because you can ask questions live. If you're listening um, to this on the podcast uh, retroactively, then um, you'll have to attend next time to ask questions live for our guests. It's something we started doing recently. Um, so we've talked a little bit about creating an online program to um, further scale your practice and support your clients and leverage your skills and expertise. We've talked about validating an idea in your market, talked about some of the different examples of, of programs. Um, certainly a big question will be not only packaging the program, pricing it, things like that, but of course, um, how do you market the program? And so um, we have one question here uh, to start with. And again, if you all are here live, feel free to ask your questions in the chat. The question is, how do you stand out on social media in the sea of people selling their online courses? That's a good question, Jenna. Thank you for asking it. So if we want to flip on over to kind of marketing and selling, um, I think one of the biggest things that we miss out on as practitioners is 
the other ways to grow our business and to bring clients in. Social media is wonderful and challenging at the same time. And for many of you who are probably on Instagram, you've noticed that the organic reach is very different and the algorithm has changed. The truth is our organic reach on Instagram is very low. The best platforms for organic reach right now are going to be TikTok and LinkedIn because they're not oversaturated. So Jenna's saying, like, how do we stand out in the sea of people? If you're using social media as a strategy, the first thing to consider is, can you move to a platform where organic reach isn't dead and your posts and your videos and your content is going to get more views? That would be one thing to think about with social media. The other thing to think about is, when you're building out an engine, a marketing engine and system, you want to consider what works really well for health practitioners. We specialize at the leverage practice with just health practitioners, licensed health practitioners. So that's the kind of marketing and selling that we help people with. And there is this beautiful opportunity to continue to get referrals in. So if you are already generating referrals from other practitioners, from nurses, doctors, allied health professionals, then building out a strong referral system can fuel your practice and your program. And our clients most of them keep their one-to-one -one and they either hire and replace themselves in it or keep a couple days a week. And they're using and building out and strengthening that referral system into both of those programs. So let's not forget about that. And another way to get in front of your audience is that traditional PR, collaborations, affiliations, all those things where you're making relationships and getting in front of your audience in other places. So I don't want to forget about the marketing system as a whole. How do you stand out in, on social media or just in the world of busy and lots of options in health? You really need to consider your specialty and your specialized focus. And these days, what's really working is something called micro-niching or pairing two niches together. So for example, I worked in IBS 10 years ago. These days, my clients are doing IBS for pregnancy or IBS and diabetes, or diabetes and weight loss, or we were talking about trauma before, we were talking about relationships, you know, relationships for, you know, parents and teens that are struggling with like this, you know, eating disorders or something. That allows people to find exactly you, exactly what they're looking for. And that's what people are looking for. We live in a world where we now want exactly what we need for us like for me a 39 year old woman with three kids like i want like that thing for me you know and so it's important that in health we build a brand and social media following but a brand and a company around a very specific topic for people so they can say hell yeah when they see our social media and say finally i found someone who is speaking to me with what i'm going through it's a little different than it was 10 10 15 years ago in business you know hmm. Yeah, maybe branching off that a bit um, and going from, uh, um, yeah, talking a little bit about launching itself or different uh, ways of launching, different um, launch strategies. There's certainly a, a million ways to go. Um, what are some of the ones that you all teach, some of the ones that you prefer? Um, yeah. Also keeping in mind that there's there's some uh, some people who, see themselves as kind of tech averse or not super techie how do you make it accessible yeah. for for them 
Totally. So the first thing with launching is that the launch is selling your program. It's a marketing technique to connect marketing and sales and open enrollment. So if you're confused about even like the word launch, it really means to open enrollment to your program and welcome new clients in. And Jenna was saying like, how do I, how do I sell my course? And here's the biggest thing, the biggest challenge, the biggest mistake I see people do is they're trying to sell their course. They're trying to sell their program. And what we need to be doing is selling a result, selling the solution to a problem, selling an outcome and speaking to our potential clients in that way. When we kind of say like, join my eight week program, no one wants to join your eight week program. And so we have to do a better job at positioning your program. And then like you were saying, pricing it well so that it shows value. It's not undervalued. When you come to market, it's probably not at the top value you want it to be, but then that you're looking at that program and selling it with real words your clients are using about their problem and what they want, their goal and the solution that you have to offer. So when we're launching, when we open up enrollment, when we're promoting anything, it's really important if you take anything away that you take that away. That's something where I see people fail or succeed is what they're actually selling. In regards to launching or opening up enrollment, we recommend a couple of different strategies. Sometimes we use them separate, sometimes we partner them together. So the first thing is if you're launching your first program, then we love a good waitlist strategy. And for many of you, you probably have a waitlist already for your clinic or your practice. Some of our clients just do a waitlist launch to their current one-to-one waitlist and sell out their program with 8, 10, 12, 15 people in their first round. If you don't have a waitlist, then we build out a waitlist. We advertise the program for three or four weeks. We do a mini launch to that waitlist and then open up public enrollment. And we do like to partner that with a live event. So something like a webinar or a multi-day series where you're live, you're showing up and teaching a little bit, giving a sample of your work, and then opening up the offer and pitching your program and then driving over to conversation. So that's what we still love to do. Right now, what I'm seeing in 2022 is a lot of change in online marketing. I wonder, John, if you're seeing a lot of change in that as well. But just in the last six months, things have just gotten, you know, you're on like a nice smooth drive and now you're through like a rocky mountain. It's just got really messy and crazy. And so what we're still seeing is that showing up live is important, but selling in between launches is incredibly important. Two years ago, 2020, you could have a launch and like, boom, make $100,000, make $200,000, like huge launches were the thing. Now what we're seeing is that everybody's got everything to sell. And so building out a strategy that's in between launch is important as well, that you're bringing people in, that you're pre-registering or growing that waitlist and, you know, getting people into your program. So we're helping people do that in between, but still doing that live event, getting people signed up. They might be cold leads, some new people into your world, which is great to grow your email list. And then they might be Mm -hmm. people in the world already that need a little more from you before they sign up for your program. Got it. Yeah. Certainly the landscape's changed quite a bit over the past few years. Um, you know, we launched our flagship program. It's called Fully Booked um, yeah, a number of years ago, and things were very different then. We would do, you know, live webinars, Facebook ads, um, strategy sessions with Facebook ads, stuff like that. We even have, you know, did an evergreen funnel for a while. Um, yeah, things are always changing. And also there are certainly more products in the market and people are a little more savvy and at times a little more skeptical of 
an online program, especially something that does, um, uh, you know, kind of promise results or focuses too much on results. Although I do agree that you having that language is really the key in selling a program. A lot of therapists focus on the features or the pain points entirely, or they just go straight to, again, what the program is. Um, and they haven't really connected with the consumer yet on the, you know, getting the two of us on the same page about what is the ideal outcome you want. Um, I, I guess, in, you know, a question is when you say online program or the things that you all teach, what's the difference between, let's say, a therapist launching group therapy within their practice saying, okay, I'm going to do an eating disorder group. It meets every Wednesday. And maybe you launch, launch that or you announce that to your email list or your wait list versus the kind of programs that you all teach or is there a difference yeah so like your standard group program that was in person you definitely could put that on the internet like you could just join the zoom every week six weeks or eight weeks and run a group program online the little difference is that when we did that in person we would have a bunch of people come into a room we would teach them for an hour they would leave and maybe they had like one workbook or maybe some handouts now with digital technology there's like a we can create a member site for these people so that when they log in they can see the zoom link when it is what time it is they can have access to the replay by the next day so they can watch that again they can have exercises and quizzes that are interactive right in the tool you can add bonus videos and for me when i did brick and mortar i could never i don't know if this resonates with you or any of anybody listening or watching but i could never pack as much information as i wanted to in like a one-hour session like i went over or like i just didn't get to teach all the things i really wanted them to know and so with digital technology, you could still run that one hour facilitated group class, but you could also have an introductory video that talks about what you're going to learn this week. You could also have some bonus content that helps people apply that. And this is all just like coming off the top of my head too. So if we, if we were sitting down and working on it, there might be more things, but these are the kinds of things that we can build in there. We can also evaluate right in the tool every single week to see how people are progressing and we can layer in community where in my groups, my ladies would leave and then they wouldn't come back till next week, but they'd always kind of like sit around for an extra five minutes and try to connect. Now we can build in a community where after that live class, people can connect the next day and say, wow, I found that exercise really challenging yesterday. How are, how are you mm -hmm. people doing with it? That yeah. learning has so much research behind it that we do better and get better outcomes when we learn in community that it's such a blessing that we can take that program and just add a few more elements that technology allows us to do to create a better experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, some kids are waking up, huh? Or are getting home. Here, my kids, um, they're in the basement. Yeah. They're coming up from the basement. My husband's like, get back down here. Nintendo. Podcast, podcast time. Yeah, I can mention my, my daughter might wake up any minute now. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, this is this is giving me a lot to think about. Certainly, I think for our listeners, a lot to think about. Um, even in kind of onboarding a, a single client into your practice, there's a lot of going over the same stuff, teaching them. In our, in our case, there's a lot of psychoeducation that happens. The client comes, for instance, and says, you know, I'm, I just had my first panic attack and I want help. That's something where a specific kind of issue where I would spend a lot of time talking and kind of teaching up front in terms of the nervous system, how it works, 
what's the what a panic attack is somehow your thinking is connected to uh, what's happening in your body the the misinterpretation of the symptoms all, all of that stuff you know is really um, pretty crucial and so even having like a, a break off course for that or just even onboarding stuff with a new client in terms of how therapy works how to get the most out of it here are a bunch of frequently asked questions um it would save them 20 minutes you know in that first session which is really valuable and then the client has a place they can refer to it and even with the tech part you know it could be as high tech as like a course where they have a login and everything and maybe they can unlock more stuff or you know upsell into to other programs or it could be as simple as a unlisted you know youtube video or a google drive folder um, but just something to start yeah. by leveraging your time a little bit more off the right off the bat would be i think a big win for a lot of therapists you know well and this is the thing right is we're talking about time which is an energy right which is you know so important to everyone who's working in health i mean all of us but everyone working in health like you were saying especially now not having that rest and seeing that need out in the world that if you could cut your one hour appointments or your 55 minute appointments into like 45 minutes or 35 minutes because you have some of this education online and you can prescribe it, go watch this video training and then, you know, let me know if you have questions or I'll see you next week or whatever it is. Even that can reduce one-to-one -one time significantly. And the other component that you said when you were explaining how the body worked and the nervous system, imagine that that person then like walks out of the office it's the first time they've ever heard it you could have that on an audio podcast so the leverage practice program we have an audio version of all of our training so you can like log in and watch the video training but you can also listen to a private podcast feed so with again technology you could have your education these like lessons that you teach to everyone you could prescribe them you know recommend them after your session or you could have it through like a moduled course, whatever works for your practice really. And then people can listen to that like on the way home, they can listen to it the next day, they can hear your voice again and really let that sink in. And one of the principles of, of adult learning and learning education, um, those techniques in, in design of courses is that we need repetition. We need to hear it more than once and then we need to apply it and being able to give people that support. So I love that you said that and I think there's such opportunity depending on your practice and your business. We talked about a couple, like three different models here, but being able to take those models and then expand them for your practice. I always say to my clients, they're like beautiful little snowflakes. You know, they look similar, but every one is just a little bit different depending on that person and their client and what they're trying to build and offer. That's great. Um, we've got about 10 minutes or so left again for, for anyone live that wants to ask questions, feel free to ask them in the chat um, as we near the end here. Um, also gonna make a really quick plug before I forget. Um, there, there's a live summit happening this week that I'm a part of. It's called the Profitable Practice Summit. You can see it down there at the bottom. Um, this is a really interesting learning opportunity. Lots of industry people are going to be there teaching, and then I'll be there um, during my presentation at answering questions. Um, I'll be talking about vision and purpose in your business. But yeah, if you're interested in that at all, um, you can just Google Profitable Practice Summit, and you'll find you'll find um, the link um, or uh, we can also add it here in the in the chat. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I, I guess going back to um, 
the, the topic at hand here, what do you feel like are the biggest, um, I don't know, mistakes that you see people making when they are launching a new program, the biggest kind of roadblocks people have when they're, they're working with you all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think without working with us, the biggest thing that I see, and like I did the exact same thing when I launched my first digital product was just bringing it out bringing it out there and being like, let's give it a shot and see what happens. So I had a list of over 5,000 people and I was like, wait till I launch this course. It's going to make so much money. It was like 2015 or 2014 or something like that. And one per one person bought it and it was only $99. And one person out of 5,000 email list subscribers, like 2013, 2014, something like that, bought it. And it broke my heart, but it also taught me a really important lesson. And since then, I have been studying online marketing and online selling and launching and, and specialty in this health area. But that's the biggest mistake is that you think, I'm going to kind of like see if this will work. Like you're not committed into the opportunity that this is for your practice, for your clients, for your future. Like this is the future of health. And so you just kind of give it a shot. You put it out there. No one signs up. One person signs up. And then you give up because you're like, it didn't work for me. Just like anything in business, we have to have a plan around it. We have to have a strategy around it. We have to do it imperfectly learn from it. Some of our clients like kill it on their first launch and get like 50 people signed up, not joking, 40, 50 people, 15 people, 25 people. And others will come out and they might get a couple people signed up, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. And the people that take the next step, that keep going, that debrief that launch, that figure out what worked and what needs to change and keep moving forward. I watch them over the course of a year. Some of our clients, you know, we see them two, three years later and they're continuing to grow. They're continuing to make money and make profit, like highly profitable revenue in your practice with group programming compared to one-to-one -one and other kinds of things we can sell. It's really high profit margin. So they continue to grow that. So the biggest mistake is just like, throwing it out there and seeing if it sticks and then giving up when it doesn't go your way the first time. I have a lot of little kids here. Like I have a one and a half year old and a three and a half year old and a seven year old, but the one and a half year old just learned to walk right six months ago. And I remember watching her, you know, you have a little one like fall down. And I'm like, this is such a great analogy. You've heard it before. Like you imagine you just told your kid, like I give up. <laughs> you fell the first time. Like you're not walking. No, like she fell all the time and then she ran and then she fell while she was running right like it's really important to remember so that's the first thing the second thing i would say john is we hear a lot of people say i need to grow my online audience to sell an online program i need a very strong online presence i don't know if you hear that a lot but you know that's just not true you can have a very small following 200, 300, 400 people, like a small following, but use that referral base, use collaborations, bring clients into your program using the way you're marketing right now as a practice, as a health practitioner, and still have a thriving six-figure over six-figure business. So that's the other thing is don't delay, like don't go spend a year growing your Instagram by, you know, a thousand people, like get out there and start using everything that's available. Awesome. This, is, this has been really great, Stephanie. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your, your knowledge. Um, sounds like you're doing great work with um, yeah. these practitioners that you're helping. Um, that being said, um, just to, to round it out, maybe uh, how do people find out more about you? How do they get in touch? And how do they join you in, in your program? 
Yeah, if you are a podcast listener, which you probably are because you're here, then you can check out our podcast. It's really easy. Just go over there and type in the Leverage Practice Podcast. Subscribe, check out some of our episodes. We have a lot of case studies on there. So if you're thinking like, how does this fit into my practice? What are people doing? You can listen in to other case studies and I do some teaching on that podcast. That's a really easy way to come on over into community and hang out uh, with us on the podcast. You can also go to our website, theleveragepractice.com and learn more about the program and reach out and book a call if you want to have a chat about your business or find us on Instagram at the leverage practice and you can just DM me and we can chat as well if you have any questions or if any light bulbs came up as you're thinking about this. The biggest question is how will this work for my practice, right? John, you asked like, where do we start? And we've had some really good questions, but the next question you probably have is how does this fit into my practice? Like, how does this work for me? And that's where having a quick conversation can be really useful, or we can even send you some podcast episodes or resources to help you think about how it might fit into your practice. Awesome. Uh, we'll be sure to put any relevant links in the description here after the episode. Um, and uh, yeah, again, Stephanie, thanks for coming. It was really great to have this conversation. And um, yeah, hopefully people will go in and check out what you have to offer. So um, yeah, there you have it, folks. Thanks for, um, for being here, for checking this out. Um, just taking a look at what's ahead. We'll be back um, next week, same time, same place. That's Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube live for another interview. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see you here if you're, if you're back um, again next week. And um, yeah, Stephanie, thanks again and um, uh, take care. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening, guys.